A podcast network. What's up, nerds? This is JMS. Listen, if you live in San Francisco or the surrounding Bay Area, you can come see Nicole and I live on December 1st at Cobb's Comedy Club. One night only. Get your tickets at Cobb'sComedy.com. We'll see you there. Enjoy this episode. Hello! And welcome to... Two! Filthy! Nerds! Because we're filthy. And we're nerds! And there's two of us. Hi, guys! Hello! There sure is. We're so happy to be here. Um, If you have not already left a rating and a review on the podcast, please do so. Anywhere you listen to this, iTunes or wherever else, subscribe. We love reading them. We're so thankful. Yeah. Say something fun and delightful. Sorry, you're already off to a high energy start. Nicole's Listen. literally laying down in a bed. So, you know, this is going to go well. I'm like trying to sit up, but it's just so hard when you can lay down. You know, yes. The show is so thrilling that Nicole is folding herself into the covers <laughs> for a full nap. Uh, Listen, if there's one thing Vegas provides, it's very comfortable beds live from Vegas. It's me. That's right. Nicole is live right now in Las Vegas. Uh Keep an eye. It's, she's at the uh, the comedy cellar at the Rio. So uh-huh. this will probably come out after you're already gone. But if you live in Vegas, you frequent Vegas, keep an eye on that calendar. She's there all the time. She's in the rotation. It's a fun time. Go see her. Go laugh. Come and play. Yes. And we are on our third to last movie of phase three. And I had not seen this. And holy shit. Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel, I'm going to say it now, was was my favorite of all the movies, I think. Yeah, I didn't think that anything would top Doctor Strange for me. Doctor yeah, Strange Doctor was up Strange there. Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I just felt like I didn't know anything about Captain Marvel. And the way they did this was so well done. And, you know, it's a female superhero. I swear to God, Moki, if you start barking at someone out the window, I will kill you. Anyways, my dog loves to bark at people out the window. Hi, we're fine. I'm on task. I'm, Is I'm she barked? Does she just continually bark out the window? Yeah. She, oh, she's taken to posting up on the back of the couch to like poke her head out the window. And then I just came home today. She's in big trouble. One of the blinds is broken off. One of the like oh. long skinny blinds. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened because it looks like it broke off halfway. So maybe it was already on its way out. It doesn't make sense how it broke off. Like she's not big enough to have bitten it off, but but it's just got like a jagged and she's the only one who's ever in the window. So she got a scolding and I'm going to feel bad if later Sam, who is staying here uh, a couple nights is like, oh, I had a horrible accident and I broke your blinds. I'm sorry. Cause I, I told Moki she was a bad girl and she, she could feel it. She's like, oh, I am in trouble. Good. She probably did it. I doubt Sam did it. Sam would have taken ownership over it immediately. Of course. He would have texted me panicking. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about bad girls. We're here to talk about good bad girls. <laughs> yeah, she's the dopest of the bad girls. Yeah, and they. it was in a way that, like, I feel like with the way culture is shifting to be very pro-woman in media and they're doing give all women this and a woman in the part of that, it could have been very corny. Yeah. And I didn't feel like it was. I thought she like nailed it. Um, She, I think uh, Captain Marvel was always a woman. No. No? The original Captain Marvel. 
was a man, I think. And then they did a rendition. Yeah. Yeah. That soon changed in the characters. So the, it was the second iteration they made, made Captain Marvel a woman. So they went with the second iteration. Yeah. Which like they could have done either. And it, but it's like, you know, and either one would have been true to some rendition of the, the comic books. And yeah. I like that they were like, you know what? We need more women in here. And I liked that it was a real thing. They didn't just turn a male character into a woman, which yeah. fine if they want to uh, going down the line, but they didn't need to. And they had a choice and they thought, you know what? It, it's just nice. Cause it, you know, it's nice. I also really was like, loved the origin like story of it. Um, coming from like her mentor was also a woman. Yes. That it's all these very strong women. So, I mean, like, I guess let's just dive into it. Well, it kicks off. The whole movie kicks off uh, is in this world. Uh, the planet is called Hala. Hala? Hala. She's a Hala back girl. Hala, Hala bread. So it starts in 95, which is a little, it's in the past of what we've been seeing in our timeline. And I love that it's in 95 because as a 90s girl, I loved all the throwback, everything. Uh, she's part of an empire called the Kree Empire. Yeah, so they're like a people out in space. They're a people on this planet. We meet her, but, you know, it's not, I mean, we know it's her because we know what we're watching, but like we meet a Star Force member named Verse who has severe amnesia. She has this woman, she has no recollection of her past and she has some weird recurring nightmare involving this older woman who she also sees when she goes into, there's, a way to check into what they call the supreme intelligence or something. So she's her supreme intelligence as well. Yeah. Cause it's, I guess how it is, is that this is sort of a supreme intelligence. You go into a simulation where it communicates to you using someone who you would look at as a role model, but she keeps seeing this woman and she's like, I don't know who the fuck this is. This woman is played by none other than the incredible, the effervescent, the uh, ethereal uh, Annette Benning. Oh, yeah. No. So amazing to see Annette Benning in this role. Such it, a great role for her. Oh, yeah. She just is a powerful character. I mean, like in everything she does. So this was yeah. cool to be like, oh, what a great selection on their part. Truly. Because they could have gone so many directions. But and then the guy, her the guy who she's like getting her, trained on commander and she's like training under him. He keeps telling her to keep her emotions in check. Her commander? His name is his commander. Commandor? You say commandor? Her commandor. Is that a type of bird? Uh, You're thinking of the Commodores. Uh, I'm crying right now. With Richie, what's his name? Uh, Lionel Richie? (laughs) Well, we are a mess. Um, Played by Jude Law. uh, The hot, hot sex. What a babe. They There's this overarching theme of everyone teaching her she needs to keep her emotions in check. So you get this idea of like, she's really powerful, but her emotions get the best of her, which is like, yeah, what woman doesn't have that problem? Hello. Yeah, and everyone's, and, and you know, ultimately, as we'll see, the- Emotions are a gift. Just men, it's just the men trying to hold the women down. Yeah, classic fucking men. Uh, but anyways, we- Go very quickly from her in this sort of training session type thing where it's really impressed upon her. Your emotions are an issue. You need to keep them in check to immediately they're in some sort of undercover operative trying to. um, I love how quickly this moved into action. Yeah. It's like set up really quickly. Here's a person. She doesn't know who she is. She has uh, an issue controlling her emotions. 
Now let's go into. There wasn't a whole lot of like establishing the world. They got to it real quick. They established the world and the backstory and everything really quickly. And then they were like, now onto the conflict. Immediate action. I love because if there's nothing I hate more, it's how long they take to set up the backstory of the fucking new worlds we're going into. Oh, yeah. There's always like many eons ago before the many eons ago, there were these guys and then there were these guys and then there were these guys and then there were these guys. It's just like they immediately were like, listen, this is the world. And then there's this group of Skrulls. There's a conflict with them. They're shape-shifting aliens and they're at war with the Krees. Boom. Right into it. Yeah. So it's like her and her, you know, group of Kree war people are supposed to rescue one of their undercover guys who went, who got captured while infiltrating. And they show up to this planet and uh, they end up getting ambushed by a bunch of Skrulls. And they capture her. Yeah. And they probe her memory. She gets probed. Yes. Which, by the way, the probing was not what I thought a probing would be like. They've got her hooked up to this machine with like a a hat on her head. She's all pulled apart like in those in the uh, space camp things where they like flip you upside down. The multi-axis chamber. Yes. I knew you knew what I was talking about. The thing that you shit on and got sent home. I wasn't even allowed to go on it because I had to. I got sent home before that point. (laughs) Too high of a risk. All right, who shit in the no anti gravity chamber? There's just poop floating through the air. Uh, so funny, Nicole. Huh. So Oops, sorry, guys. Yeah, not nothing went in her butt that we saw. At nothing least on went camera. in her butt. I was disappointed because you know what? If there's one thing I love, it's a good anal probing. Ah, uh, who doesn't? Me. I'm so scared of it. So they probed her memory, and she's getting all these little nuggets of memories from Earth, and she's like, "This can't be right," and. Like what is she doesn't know what's going on and they're trying to like it was really cool the memory probing because they were like in her memories stopping and zooming in. Yeah, it was on cool. little things in the background trying to see what's going on. Just really cool. And they're extracting all this information and sort of re bringing up this woman she keeps seeing. And she's like, who the fuck is this? And they zoom in on her name tag and they figure out the woman's name in her memory And at that point, she's able to break free from this hold they had on her. That's how fucking strong she is, that they had her fully locked down in these like metal muffs um, because that's where her power comes from her hands. So they had her hands fully engulfed and she still beat everybody's ass basically with two two hands tied behind her back. Yeah, because she like heats up her hands and it breaks the things that she's trapped in off of the giant machine, but she still has, yeah, it's metal Metal mittens, essentially. Metal mittens, yeah. So and she doesn't she's have like, fingers, but she's just beating the shit out of people. Yeah, and still kicking everybody's ass and eventually is able to get free, but she's got this name of this this agent in her head. Then she's like, okay, the scrolls are looking for this woman. She's on Earth. So she gets into an escape pod and then crash lands in Los Angeles. Yeah, what luck that she happens to crash land right where uh, the attention of the crash landing, which I, by the way, again, to go back to the 90s stuff, love that she crashed into a blockbuster. I mean, couldn't have crashed into a more nostalgic place. Yeah, and she go, immediately goes out and there's like a security guard in a fucking Geo Metro or something, just like a mall lot security guard. Yeah, and I love that she was like, who who are you with? And he's like, uh, mall security? Yeah, and he, she's like, where would I where would I go for communications equipment? And he points at a radio shack. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. And then just goes over there and robs the radio shack. Is fucking and then the next wild. scene is the shield agents showing up because the guy calls it in 
and is like, yeah, a woman just crashed into a, to a blockbuster and is now super strength breaking into everything ever. Yeah. And, and she's on a, she got some materials to apparently enable a cell phone to try to con, not a cell phone, excuse me, a payphone. This is 95, a payphone to try to contact her commander on another fucking planet. Yeah. And she, and she gets through to him, which I'm like, damn, this bitch is good. But at that moment that she gets through to him, S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and we meet young Nick Fury and young Phil Coulson. Dude, wild seeing Nick Fury. Young. Nick Fury with a hairline and two eyes. Two Unbelievable. eyes. Un-fucking-believable. It was wild. Uh, it took me a long time to realize. I'm like, I mean, I know he looks young, but something else is different. And then I was like, oh, he has both of his eyes. Both of his eyes. And I uh, love that they establish in this movie like why he ends up looking the way he does. That's one of the things I like about the the throwback movies where it goes back in time to establish some stuff. That like at this point, we've just accepted as a thing. Like I think the first movie you go, oh, he has an eye patch. And then you just go, oh, he's the guy with the eye patch, whatever. He's the guy with the eye patch and the scratch on his eye. Like that's just him. You just don't think of it. And that was such a fun, we'll get to that because it's so and fun. And while they're there, the scrolls show up and they yeah. shape-shifted by the way, I thought the scene was so funny. When well, they're all the condescending scrolls- her before they show up, you know, and she's like uh, trying to have a serious conversation with them about scrolls oh, and yeah. like who so she funny. is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like, they just think right, she's a nut right, job. Right. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, she's for real. Um, I loved when the scrolls landed on the beach and they see the beach people, like the surfers coming in and out and they like transform into all the surfers. Oh yeah. And then one of them transforms into the same surfer and they're like, and he's uh, like I already he's like, have this one. Yeah, that was brilliant. Love that. Uh, so funny. Um, so the scrolls, the scrolls are there. They attack her and now the chase is on. And I, first of all, loving the chase where you see all of the vehicles from like the 80s, early 90s, just a, an old police cruiser. Amazing. They did use the modern train line for uh, for LA, which was not there then. Which Oh, was, it was not there in the 90s? I don't believe so. What they were specifically, there was a train line. It just didn't, I don't believe it looked like that, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But still, it was fun to see all of the LA locations. Just a really good chase scene. Oh, such a good chase scene with like, So she gets on this train chasing these scrolls or yeah, like chasing the scrolls and they keep shape-shifting into different people on the train and trying to blend in. Oh, that was so funny. They shape-shift into the old lady. I love when they turn into an old lady and she starts beating the shit out of the old lady. Yeah, and everyone is like, oh my God, trying to protect the old woman. And the old woman also like fires back and is beating the shit out of her. But people are still, even after watching this old lady fucking slam down, they're like, get away from the old lady. Yeah, she's like doing twirls on the pole, like kicking her with both feet. Yeah, it's so, it was very- That was great. That was a, that, that, that I feel like that must have been such a fun, uh, you know, it's like every time I watch movies, I'm always like fight scenes look like so much fun. Like as an actor, I wonder like w- at what point the actor's like, this scene's too involved for me. You've got to get a stunt double. Yeah. But like they get to like have fun- this was like and, action Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, yes, yeah, it's action Mrs. Oh, fuck. Mrs. Doubtfire. What a fucking movie. The greatest movie of all time, possibly. Anywho, so well, one of them drops this little like, uh, it looks like a giant thumb drive. Yeah. 
Um, and it's something that contains Verz's memories that they had extracted. Yeah. And she manages to grab that before he, uh, before Fury ends up killing a squirrel who's impersonating Coulson. There's this moment we're in the car and he gets a phone call and it's Coulson. He's like, hey, you left me back at the place. And he... He's like sitting next to a Coulson, which was the squirrel. squirrel. Dude, when he fucking like turns into the train. Oh yeah. And he just, what a, what a gamble that he, well, he's just like, I'm like, was he willing to die or was he like, I'll be fine. And he's just overly confident. Cause that's fucking wild. wild. And that's how he fucks up his eye, by the way. So this was the beginning of the mystery of why he only has one eye. Yeah. Wait. He 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 fucks his eye up in that train in that crash. Oh, I thought, I thought it was all from the flirting. No, no, no. Because then the cat scratches his eye. Oh man! And I then he gets a scratch on his eye. We're gonna take a break, you guys, and we will be back with more of the insanity and the chase scene and, uh, and just yeah, everything. One of one of our favorite one of our favorite uh, Marvel Empire movies. Yeah. back. All right. So they just had this crazy chase scene. Fury has informed his boss at S.H.I.E.L.D. like, this is what's up. But unbeknownst to Fury, uh, who he thinks is his boss is actually another squirrel, Talos, disguised as his boss. And he's like, hey, I want you to work alongside her and just keep an eye on her. Like, let's see what she's getting into. And you like, you keep tabs. So they end up going together to this. Well, she 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 gets this word Pegasus. Yeah, that's one of the things she got from the initial memory extraction, or was it in the second memory extraction when she? I think it's the- when she went into her little the little uh, thumb drive thing. Oh yeah, that she isn't found. she like a public library on a computer, like yes. typing and trying to that's figure so out how funny. it works? So funny watching someone use a ninety-five computer who's not of Earth. Uh, and she types it and she gets the word Pegasus. Just a couple little more like clue things. Yeah. It leads her to this Air Force base in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And uh, her and Fury, he uses his shield access to get them in. And they approach someone who's working there and they're like, hey, we're looking for information on this Project Pegasus. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, we're looking for Wendy Lawson. And they're like, huh? And that kind of sets off some bells, I guess. Yeah, because come to find out this is a project that was deeply buried deeply buried there was a crash and everything so the people working there take them like oh right this way but they're putting them in a room like um this is fucking suspect well they put them in this in this room that's like a giant uh like a giant filing cabinet of stuff yeah and they they find the the report about everything that went down the secret report and she discovers at this point that she was the pilot that crashed with Dr. Wendy Lawson. Yeah. So Dr. Wendy Lawson apparently was testing an experimental light speed engine. You know, there was a, I think by then we heard her say the quote of like to end wars. Yeah. So that actually, we skipped that part because the scrolls, when they were doing the memory extraction, they were like, we need to get this information because we need to get this information about uh, light speed travel. Yeah. They're trying to get to where the information or what the, either the information or the tool that facilitates light speed. They're interested in that. That's what they, they want light speed basically. Yeah. And the scroll being the enemy of the Cree people, she's like, I can't let them get their hands on it, et cetera, et cetera. And come to find out before she ever 
awoke with this, like what she doesn't remember is that she lived on earth and was working alongside this woman who she's always seen in her brain. So Dr. Wendy Lawson, she was, a, she was an air force pilot. Um, Verse was also an air force pilot. Um, but this was a time in the air force when women couldn't fly so Verse was having these female pilots, Verse and this other girl. So she's now realizing there is a whole background of what the fuck I was on earth, what's going on. Cause there's a, yeah. they find a file where she's in a picture and she like, zoom, like she doesn't zoom in. You can't do that. I you zoom in. But I love, I love that you, you did the movement by the way. And she zoomed in and just the- With her eyeballs by pulling it closer to her eye. And it's like, holy fuck, <laughs> that's her in the background. Um, And so now everything's, kind of like starting to pop up a little bit. She's like starting to like get these pieces of the past and she's like, what is going on? And Um, fucking Fury, who is acting like he's her partner in this. Calls the shield, who is is secretly a scroll, Talos. Who's been compromised and he's like, this is our location. Gives a location and then he shows up and then Fury figures out what's going on. Oh, here's, I I love this because when they started, when he's getting to know, when Fury's getting to know verse and they're just talking about themselves and he goes, Oh, everyone calls me Fury. And she's like, nobody ever calls you Nick or Nicholas. And he's like, nobody calls me that. And it gets in the elevator with his boss who he, he doesn't know at the time is a scroll in disguise. And the boss was thinking very much, very much Nicholas. And he like takes note of it. And then he goes, all right, let's do the, he makes up some move. Oh yeah. Let's do the thing we did in like Hungary. Yeah. I thought it was Cuba. I don't know what it was. Whatever. It's some city. Yeah. Uh, Granada. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But he's like, yes, just like we did there. And that confirms like, oh, okay. This is a fucking scroll. He doesn't know anything because they can't tap into anything, but their recent memories is Uh the thing that we learned that scrolls can access only recent memories, but they won't know you're deep. And that's how you can test yeah. Someone you can like ask some dark, like deep questions. So he's now like, oh fuck, I made a mistake. We're being swindled. And he helps her escape. And they get on a plane and they escape. Uh, with, with by the, the way, with, with the cat Goose, which yeah, I love. Who we saw in when the scrolls were extracting her memories initially. There yeah. was a little thing. She had an interaction with the cat, and the cat was like, uh, it was uh, it was the doctor Wendy Lawson's cat, and she was like, "Oh, my cat really likes you." Yeah, named Goose, which I have to assume was supposed to be a reference to Top Gun, although I don't. Yep, know. absolutely. Because that probably came out. What year did Top Gun come out? Probably in 90, the year ninety two was Top Gun ninety two okay. or ninety three, and they were Air Force people. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when they get in this jet to get away, Goose is a stowaway, and it's like, oh my god, immediately, how fucking cute. Also, what an old cat, but. They fly to Louisiana to meet a woman named Maria Rambeau because she is listed in the file that they found as a witness or she was, she was the last person in the file. Yeah. She's the last person that saw verse and lost it alive. So they're like, this woman surely will have some type of information for us. I love this scene when she arrives at, at Rambo's place and her daughter is like, her daughter Monica is so excited to see her. She's like, Aunt Carol. Yeah, like she has no recollection of this woman. And these people are like, what the fuck? 
This is some woman that they thought was dead. Well, then hot on their heels. Is that the expression? Hot on their tail? Hot Hot on on their their tail? tail. Hot on their heels? Talos, the scroll. uh, Arrives next. And but shows up as himself. Yes. He comes in and he's like, this is who I am. I showed up. I showed up as me. That's how you know you can trust me. And they look out the window and one of the scrolls is is disguised as Maria Rambo hanging out with her, her daughter. daughter in the yard. Because Maria Rambo's in the room with them. He's like, okay, well, you know, they mean no. If you're so harmful, why are you doing that? And he's like, yeah, good point. Yeah. And it, he's like, okay, just listen. And if his version of what's going on is that the scrolls are actually refugees looking for a new home. He says that Lawson, this woman who was working on light speed with verse before she lost her memory, is also known as Marvell and is a renegade Cree scientist whose engine is supposed to help them escape the Cree reach. So, holy fuck, Lawson wasn't just a human on Earth. She was also a Cree, but she was going behind the backs, according to him, mm-hmm. of the Cree empire because she realized that they were oppressing these people. And Talos is like, listen, we have a recording from this thing called the black box from the plane crash. And Maria Rambo's like, they said that that was destroyed. Like, she's like, what the fuck you have? You have the black box. I don't understand why they would have covered this whole thing up. Because. Like, I, I would have understood why the Cree was covering it up. But why you know the U.S. was it, was covering it up makes no sense. I think it's because they didn't know what the fuck had just happened. And it was so crazy. And I think the U.S. covers up alien activity because they're afraid of, which I don't know how I feel about this, but they're afraid if people found out or thought there was alien life out there, it would create like pandemonium and fear. Yeah. Are you I a big alien person, by the way? Do, do I know? I don't, um, I don't like dig into any of the conspiracies and stuff, but like the amount of things that people have shared of like articles where stuff about UFOs has been buried, I'm open to it. Like, and it yeah. wouldn't surprise me. But I also like when people go like, aliens are going to attack us. It's like, no, we're like a field of cows to a, a higher civilization of people. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope and pray that if there are aliens, they are more evolved emotionally and yeah. they just like yeah not everyone needs to conquer things we're like dumb animals oh my god and what, I think if the aliens, fear is, what if aliens are thanos people where they're like let's get rid of half of them well godspeed i hope they do it with a snap instead of like a camp yeah they burn us alive where they probe us yeah probe and, me daddy and, and in the fun way too yeah so they play the they play the recording from the black box, and as they're playing it, all of a sudden she verses like remembering everything, and you hear in the memory Yanrog, her mentor from Cree, who's been like you got to control your emotions, who's like the person she trusts the most, kill Lawson, kill Lawson, to prevent her from destroying the engine because she was about to destroy the engine before Cree could recover it, and then Danvers, which she ends up destroying it. And then all of the energy from the core uh, is absorbed her. In her, into her body. Like she was only just sort of in the actual state of the event. She just had this information kind of plopped on her. Like there's alien life. They're bad. We can't just get into the wrong hands. So when this guy kills Lawson, he's about to take it. She's just like, I'm just going to, she does what any good American does. I will shoot the machine to prevent it from being compromised. And rather and- than ricochet a bullet, it's an insane amount of energy. 
And it's, and that's where her superpower is from. And then in the process, she also loses her whole fucking memory. Yeah. And since she then became essentially the source of the energy, Jan Rog's like, well, I got to fucking take her back. Yeah, Jan Rog is like, well, we need all of this energy that's in her. And then that's that begins the manipulation process of her and him having to like, you know, the whole like, you need to keep your emotions under control. And they put this, you see it at the beginning, they put a little like chip thing behind her ear that's supposed to dilute what we what we come to understand is diluting her powers. And it's kind of a I think it's a control mechanism too. Like remember in I don't know which which movie was it where Oh yeah, uh, it was uh with Jeff Goldblum or Hulk yeah, is yeah, the that like, was, and they they put it on the back of Thor. Was that one of the Avengers or was that Thor? Was that Ragnarok? I think that was Ragnarok. Um, was it? It was so good though. It was Ragnarok. You're right. It seems like it's, yes, it was Ragnarok because that's when um, Taika played the character's voice. Um, that's right. Yeah. So it was Ragnarok, but yeah. So that controlling device. So it's like, yeah, that's a way to keep people under control. So now it's like, we're starting to see all of these things and like put all these pieces together. Yeah. So, uh, real weird. Danvers, Danvers, uh, Talos, Fury, Maria and Goose, who Talos, by the way, is afraid of, they go like, it just looks like a cat to us. And he goes, that's a flurkin. Get it away oh, from me. So funny. Like, which like immediately I knew I hadn't seen this, but I was like, oh, that's going to be a thing. There's no way that he just says that. And he's wrong. And just yeah. a crazy person that I cannot wait to see how that plays out. Um, and it played out by the way, it, it, you know, it's like, there's always like little Easter eggs throughout all of these movies that are fun. Yeah. That one was, re- uh, was a real oh, fun one. That's like, if I ever have a cat, I want to name it Flurkin. Yeah. Truly, oh. the, truly the best name for, I mean, just any animal, we should all get animals and name them Flurkin. I, it's so, it's just really cute and fun. So they, uh, in the course of listening to this, you know, retained audio from the crash, they're able to get, uh, coordinates that. For, for her, for Lawson's, uh, lab. Yeah. So apparently she like invisibility cloaked a ship, essentially it's a cloaked ship. And okay, now it's not like physically an invisibility cloak. It's just like a button has been hit or whatever. But they use the coordinates to find this cloak ship. And that's where not only is the Tesseract aboard, which is the real source of her engine that was, you know, powering the light speed and stuff. There's a ton of scrolls hidden on there. And when they, they go find and the so, ship. And, so, and in their scroll, it's um Talos's family. Yeah, he sees for the first time, like, his wife and his kid. And they're like, we, she told us not to send out any signals. Like they hadn't seen each other in years. And he's just wondered where his family was gone. When he's a refugee who like is part of a race is being obliterated by the Cree. So he probably just assumed them dead and vice versa. So it's this really touching moment until fucking. Jan Rog arrives and Jan Rog doesn't know at this point, I think he finds out as soon as he gets there, but he doesn't know that Carol has officially figured out that he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he doesn't know. He thinks he's like, I'm just going to rescue her. We'll go back to the Supreme Intelligence. Um, and he detains Verse and makes her interface with the Supreme Intelligence, which of course comes on screen as Lawson. But she's having a conversation with 
the supreme intelligence and basically like this scene was pretty dope they they he has her like tied up in this like some sort of like magical ivy that's like holding her down and she's like kind of passed out like she's just in the supreme intelligence she's just like trapped in essentially a form of future shackles like she can't move and And i think they were it's i think they were kind of like trying to like uh like take away her power was that what they were doing they were like detaining her yeah and she realizes when she's in there with the supreme intelligence that the implant that's on the back of her neck, which by the way, she was told she was given to give her powers. It's actually limiting limiting her power. And she's inside this simulation and pulls it out. And everyone on the outside, there's a bunch of guards just watching her body there. And they're like, oh my God, I think she's trying to break out of the intelligence, which like, it's very clear that that's not a thing that That is aware can be done. Like that's not, you can't, you can't, you're locked in. But all of a sudden she's glowing and like oh yeah she like starts levitating she's at full force she's she becomes like a she has the power of a of a fucking jet engine now like that's she is a a powerful engine like it's wild it's fucking insane so she she starts beating the shit out of literally everyone i there is a level of excitement that i get where i'm like uh, if I would have seen this when I was a kid, I probably would have been more violent in school. That's so funny because she's so cool. She's so powerful that I'm like, oh my God, had this been when like people were like mean to me in school, I would have been like, I would have channeled her, um, especially for the fact that I had like boy short hair at one point. I would she have didn't been have like- the short hair in this movie though. No, but By the way, that was like, never think- explained. I think at the last season, she cut her hair. At the end of the first episode, she cut her hair off. First movie? I didn't. At the end of the first movie, I just didn't realize that. I think she cut her hair off at the end of the first movie, or like something. Anyhow, all I know is I would have been like, "She's a bad bitch. I am her. She is me." And then I probably would have tried like beating the shit out of more people. Yeah, Um, me too. And then I would have became a bigger dork because I would have been like, "Ha ha." A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You would have been like, I'm Captain Marvel. And people would have been like, you're a fucking loser. Just holding out your hand like you think power is going to shoot out of it. And they're like, oh my God. Could you, but could you imagine like just being a little kid and thinking you had that level of power and how good that would feel as a kid who like, where you like, don't feel understood. You don't feel like you fit in. This is why I love superheroes because it's like, for kids who don't have like strong role models in their life, superheroes are the ultimate role models. The ultimate, ultimately unattainable, but great role. But like models. dope role models. Like it's like somebody, you know, it's like my dad was my, my first superhero for sure. Yeah. So it's like, had I not had like the best dad ever, I would have been like Captain Marvel close second. Yeah. But someone would have had to introduce you to it and you'd need a dad. that's decent for that. At least. Yeah. I also think that like in a way, and this is really dorky, but on a very, very small scale, comedians and entertainers, I think comedians specifically probably just because I'm a comedian, not because that's an absolute truth, do a form of this. Like the way you put out energy when you're on stage is putting out like a shield of sorts, which if you're good at it, could be used as a weapon, emotionally speaking. An emotional weapon. 
but it could also be used as a device for laughter or healing or whatever. Uh, but it kind of pushes other people. You, you put out so much energy, you're kind of protecting yourself from absorbing everyone's shit in a weird way. Yeah. It's obviously not remotely as cool as just fucking blowing people into a wall with your hands. Here's one thing. So the Tesseract, they're, they're trying to figure out where to put the Tesseract because Danvers now has it. Um, and she's battling and she's like uh, giving it to Fury. And Fury's like, I don't know where to put it, blah, blah, blah. And then Rambo's trying to fly herself, Fury, and the scrolls to Earth along with Goose. And we find out Goose isn't really a cat. He's a flurkin. Yeah, it's so um, funny. They do a scan where they're like, beep, 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 beep. They're like identifying the threats of people and they scan over Fury and it's like, uh, Earth male, little to no threat. And then they go, they scan over Goose and they're like, flurkin, very dangerous. Oh, so funny. But they don't know where to put the Tesseract and that's when the Flurkin comes out. First of yeah. all, the cat scratches Flurry's eye um, and then uh, Flurkin turns into this uh, tentacle. Uh, yeah, like they all come out creature. of his face. It's just like tentacles everywhere and it like... Swallows up the Tesseract. Wild. And then just goes back to normal being a cat and is like licking its chops. Yeah, that was just a really great fucking reveal. It was just fucking wild to finally see like what that was. It also ate a bunch of the uh, Krees that were pursuing them in attack and just is, is like fucking shit up. People are afraid of the Flurkin. They're like, Woo! it's really funny watching the aliens. Fear the Flurkin. Fear, Fear the, the Flurkin. It sounds like somebody trying to, it sounds like branding for a horrifically uh, scary vagina. I can't yeah. believe the Flurkin didn't have its own spinoff yet. I hope it does. At least as like an animated, that'd be great. Listen, I think we should take a break. We're going to come back and finish the movie. We're back. The Tesseract has been swallowed. Fighting is ongoing. Rambo- Tesseract. Te- Tesseract. Fury now officially has no left eye. Yeah. Um, oh, and he has a got, cat scratch. He got scratched by the cat. And he's like, it's just a little scratch. And the, the scrolls are like, no. Like, they are like, oh, you're fucked. You're fucked. So we now have the backstory behind Fury's eye completely. Yeah. Ram, uh, Rambo on the way down back to Earth, she's being chased and manages to shoot uh, the pursuing person right out of the sky. It's cool, too, because the, the woman chasing her is a Kree warrior, but she's a woman, very strong character, so it's these, like, woman versus woman, which is cool to see. And uh, she shoots her down. And versus Carol, I guess, chases after Yanrog. And this is the point where uh, she really learns. And then we see the fucking capability of Captain Marvel's abilities because. Yeah. She basically turns into a human missile. Yeah, because Yanrog tells them to uh, kind of, he radios up to space. It's not, I don't think they think of it as radio, but he's like, unleash the missile. So basically, he's willing to blow up his own team. Just to, or no, because he had called in uh, yeah. him. He'd called in the like guy in charge and been like, we've got a threat. We need backup kind of thing. Um, and that guy's like, fuck it. Just blow up the whole thing. And so as missiles are fired at Earth, this guy Ronan, who's sort of the overseer, that's like, if, if you tell me there's a scroll, we will be there. We will eliminate them. There's yeah. um, They're, you know, parasites. Uh, he's a, a space Nazi, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he fires a crazy amount of missiles at Earth. And, and she takes she care of all of them. flies up, grabs the, the closest one, turns it around, or sends it back using her And strength. then explodes it into all the other missiles. So they fucking explode in the sky, fuck up some of Ronan's ships, and they, Ronan pieces the fuck out. Yeah. They're like, oh shit. Yeah, she like hovers in front of their spaceship and is like, bye, you gotta go. Yeah, and when she gets back down to Earth, she fucking beats the shit out of Yonrog, but instead of killing him, she has the opportunity to. She puts him back in- His pod. His pod, types in the coordinates, and he's like, I can't go back empty-handed, like without the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're gonna fucking have to figure it out. Good luck. Like, he's like, I can't go back. I, he basically is like, oh, they're gonna fucking beat the shit out of me or kill me or whatever. And she's like, I don't know, you figure it out. Kind of just is like, don't fuck with me. Gives yeah. him a big warning. And sends him, and sends him on his way. Just so funny. He's all fucked up, just floating away to space. Which also and, I thought about like, is that pod just going to crash land into the planet? No, because she sparked power into it. Oh yeah. I just thought that like, is it going to know to autopilot or is he just going to like beep? And I think she, I think she put it into autopilot. She basically sparks life back into it because she has the power her, to do that. That's um, so fucking uh, So this was the part where I was like, okay, well now what do we do with these fucking scrolls? Um, they're just floating around in space. Yeah. In a space, in an old spaceship. Yeah. So they, what did they do? Wait. She brings them down to earth. So she says, she says, listen, Fury, you're going back down to earth. I've got work to do in the galaxy. She's got to help them find a new home. She's like, here's your pager that I took away from you earlier. She modifies it. She's like, you can use this to contact me in case of an emergency. (gasps) Which we saw. Wait. When in the flashback, they they in the flash forward, in one of the mid credit scenes, they had found the the pager device. That's right. Was it right after the snap when he? Yeah, that was right after the snap when they were when they were. Uh, he like did it right before he snapped away. Yeah, and we saw that I think at the end of uh, Infinity Wars, we see him yeah. do something right before he like dusts away. Yeah, uh, which I love that she's going to try to make like she's like I'll find Scroll Israel. Like good luck with luck with that out in the galaxy. Fuck yeah. Uh, he's got a little 1995 word doc up and we had seen it say, uh, protectors initiative and, she, and he deletes uh, it. He deletes and puts Avengers, which is her old call sign from when she was, was a pilot a pilot. She was Carol Avenger. Whatever the fuck her last Danvers. Name. Danvers. That's right. And you're like, Oh fuck. The Avengers were named after her. I love her character so much. It's fucking wild. It's crazy. But I loved, by the way, the scene, uh, the last scene in the movie when they're at uh, Maria's farm in Louisiana. Yeah. And they're just all sitting there and the cat's like on the ground, just hanging out with them. Like, it's just, what a good ending. You know, I don't think movies need to have happy endings or solid endings, but like, God damn, does it feel good in a time you know, we're watching this in a very like cynical, you know, shit is going wrong kind of time. And it's yeah. just so great to have that refreshing. Yeah. Just to have a happy fucking ending. Sometimes things do work out. Like sometimes yeah. Yeah. you can't, sometimes you can go home. Cause there's that saying like, you can, you can't go home again, which is that even a saying or is it just a thing that country songs say is a saying? I don't know. I think it's a country song thing. Cause I, I don't know that saying. 
because there's songs that are like, who says you can't go home? And I'm like, no one has ever said that. No one said that. No one, no, you know who said that? Your boss, when you asked for break time for the holidays and they're like, no, you can't go home. We need people here. That's the only person who said you can't go home. Yeah. And that's such a fucking theme in country music. And it's like, nobody said that. Shut the fuck up and go, go home. You should make a song that's, that's, that's called no one said you can't go home. Yeah, no, I know. I Someone in the chat, by the way, if you wanted to be in our chat, patreon.com slash two filthy nerds said Jennifer Nettles and John Bon Jovi is the song I was say, saying. Who says you can't go home? But there's also Miranda Lambert song that's like, I know they say you can't go home again. And it's like <laughs> a repeated thing. And it's like, who is this person who's like, you don't come around here no more. You yeah. don't come home. <laughs> Fucking shut the fuck up. Um, I can and I will. I can and I will. Anywho, so that's the end of the movie. Then there's the mid-credit scene, which we just talked about, where they found the transmitter and then when they were looking for Fury. Yeah, and it's got uh, Cap- uh, Captain America, Black Widow, James Rhodes. He's the Bruce Banner uh, talking about it, and she appears in the mid-credit scene. And you're scene. like, she's a bad bitch. And the, in that scene, she had the short hair. That's where she had the short yeah, hair. Yeah, because it's the future. So I think maybe yeah, that was their the way. Of, that's right, I forgot. Yeah. That's their way of being like, we are more than 10 years in the future. This yeah. Point. Well, as soon as she has a new haircut, 20. we know it's the future. That's how they indicate it's the future. She got old, so she cut up her hair like older women do. Um, speaking of which, I feel like I should be cutting my hair off soon. Um, Are you going to so, cut your hair off? I don't know. Um, I found this picture of me with uh, short hair and uh, bangs and Chelsea Skidmore was like, you should do that again. And of course, ever since she said I should do that, I'm like, maybe I should do that. You can uh, pull off short hair. Eh, whatever. Anywho. The my favorite scene is there's one more mid credit scene. <laughs> I love this in Nick Fury's office. Goose the cat jumps on the desk and vomits up the tesseract. Yeah, he's just like he does the very classic cat like the cat. Like, hey, hey, by the way, I know it's so painful for that to happen to them, but there is something adorable about a cat or dog vomiting. It really is just so cute. I just like when I see cats doing it. I am shocked that they don't shit themselves. Oh yeah. Every time. Oh yeah. The By the way, amount of like wrenching they're doing is like wrenching, not wrenching. I don't know. Wrenching. Um. By the way, when I was when I had COVID and I was vomiting harder than I've ever vomited in my life. By the way, I don't think I ever told you, but one of the times when I was vomiting, um, one of our neighbors was bringing me um Pedialyte because mm-hmm. I told her I was really sick, and she came to the door when I was vomiting in the toilet upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I, I ran into her and I, I had never met her in person. I'd only met her on text. I ran yeah. into her and she was like, I heard you vomiting through the door. She's like, and I have never heard anything like that in my life. And I was like, oh my God, I can't even imagine how loud I have to have been that I was vomiting in the bathroom with a closed door. She could hear me through the closed door. Through the other door. That's through so the other door. Wild. She's yeah. like, she's like, I felt so bad for you. It was really um, ugly. And I was like, I don't know how to help. Her. Yeah. Anyway, so I was vomiting, but I'm surprised I never shit in my pants because I was vomiting like that cat. Yeah. Um, and it's you. So like sometimes the wind blows and you shit in your pants. So yeah. And I shit in my very... pants. So easy. the fact that I didn't shit in my pants when I was uh, vomiting is huge. Um, God giving you a break. So this got me super pumped for Endgame because I knew she was going to be back for Endgame. And... Uh, and just, just knowing like, okay, she's alive for in game. We got that confirmed. 
but but knowing like okay she's alive for endgame she's literally the dopest of the superheroes period she's the, she's the most bad the most ever. powerful so it's now i'm like oh endgame it's gonna be lights out if they can figure out how to turn back time they have to re- reverse the snap um but if they can figure out how to do that uh wait did you think that before you saw endgame yeah. Yeah, that's that. I mean, in, in my mind, I was like, well, the only way to uh, get the world back to normal is they're going to have to reverse the snap. Huh. Wait, what? How did you think it was going to happen? I don't know, because I didn't see Infinity Wars before Endgame. I, I had already seen Endgame. Like, oh. and then, so that was my first time watching Infinity Wars, but I can't. Yeah, I just figured they had to reverse what was done. Somehow because, go back and because time. I knew one of the stones in the in the in the gauntlet was was the time stone. The time stone. So I was like, oh well. Because well, they just... tried to do it. I mean, he did it, which is what led to the snap. He like went yeah. with the uh crushed one from Vision's head. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, the answer wouldn't be that they just go, oh well, I guess we just move forward with everyone gone. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that. That's that. I got to be honest. I'm just going to, I'm going to give a little, a uh, little taste. Uh, I uh, didn't love Endgame, but anywho, we'll go to it. Uh, well, tune in to the next episode to find tune out. Tune into the next episode the so fuck. you can find out why I fucking hated Endgame. Actually. You hated Endgame? Okay. Didn't love it. All right. Didn't love it. Didn't All right. Love we'll it. leave a rating and a review and make it about the podcast, not just about the fact that Nicole has an opinion about Endgame that you may or may not disagree with. Uh, all right. We love you guys. See you out there. Bye. This has been a Two Filthy Nerds production.